gets me every time. My first thought is always, holy shit, that's me on the drums. Just love the theme song, Brand New Day by the band Big. I am JR, and you are listening to Three Things with JR. We're back. It's episode number 58. That's a lot. I've been doing this uh, well over a or a little over a year now and uh, thoroughly enjoying it. I hope you are, too. I'm getting more listeners each each week, it seems like, although last week was kind of a down week. I did. Uh, I've been doing this thing. If you've been listening to recent episodes, you know that I've been calling people on my friends list on Facebook out of the blue. No warning and interviewing them for my podcast. And I've done a whole bunch of people from different walks of life that I know in different ways. Uh, I've done friends from high school, John Worrell, uh, creator or the executive producer of the game Dominations. Uh, I've talked to other friends from high school. I've talked to uh, my cousin Sarah, who is a world traveler, educator person, uh, who had some interesting pandemic travel stories. Uh, I have spoken with comedian friends, and uh, I just last week, out of the blue, called a uh, a former pastor of a church that I used to go to. And as you probably know, if you listen to this show, I'm an atheist. So uh, he's not my pastor anymore, but he's still a friend, uh, a friend on Facebook that I haven't spoken to in quite a long time. And he was always an interesting guy. He had quite the colorful past and the tattoos to prove it. And uh, he uh, leads a very different lifestyle now. And I just find it, I find him fascinating. And so if you haven't listened to last week's episode, uh, One More Drunk or One Less Drunk was the name of the episode with Dean Farrell, I recommend you go back and hit it uh, because fewer of you listened than normal. I will tell you that, but... Uh, I, I, uh, I do these things where I call these people and talk to people for a couple reasons. One, I'm thinking that if I interview them and tag them, that maybe their friends will see that they're on a podcast. Maybe we'll get new listeners. That's a possibility. Number two, I actually genuinely want to talk to these people. I haven't talked to in forever and get caught up with them. And three, it's fun. Like it's fun to do an episode where it's an interview It's fun to take people by surprise and see what happens and put them on the spot and treat them as if they're a celebrity getting interviewed on a real show. And so that's what I'm doing. In my brain, that's what's happening when I'm calling people. Not going to do it this week, taking at least a week off from randomly calling people and putting them on my show. Now, this week will be a little bit different or maybe more back to normal. I'm going to do a couple cool things. Uh, I'm just going to chat here for a little bit. I'm going to get into my three things. Uh, and then at the end of this, a special treat, a maybe, <laughs> you might not find it as a special treat. You might. Uh, but it's uh, I've got a recording of a comedy set. And it's just so cool that things are starting to resemble normal again i i'm i'm so i'm stoked my band has played a few gigs here lately we've played in a nursing home we've played in a driveway and uh, we played uh, at another nursing home uh, and so uh, and we've got a gig at a at a uh, at a drive-in movie theater coming up in a month or so in july so uh music is starting to happen again that's cool 
comedy is definitely happening again. There's a weekly open mic. It's outdoors for now. We might have uh, uh, our, our indoor mic at the Southern coming back in a few months. Uh, looking really, really looking forward to getting back inside to do comedy for a bunch of people sitting inside who want to be there for comedy. That's kind of fun. Uh, also, this weekend, I performed comedy twice for money. Uh, that's that's fairly rare for me. Normally, it's for free, and it's not that good. Uh, this time, I got to perform for 20 minutes at a brewery in Harrisonburg. It's Brothers Craft Brewing. Uh, they were having a May sort of a festival celebration music thing. They had a bunch of bands playing, and in between the bands, they had comics me included. And man, that was just uh, super cool to be asked to do it. I got to do a 20 minute set. I went way over time. I thought uh, I was keeping track of my time. I looked at my watch and I was at 23 minutes. Oh my goodness. Uh, that So anyway, that was a fun one. Uh, and then later that same night, I did another show that I host at Keswick Vineyards. Uh, we do that one about once a month. And that was a ton of fun. Uh, in between all of that, I was also playing disc golf. I competed in a disc golf tournament this weekend. Uh, and, you know, as a fully vaccinated person, I don't wear my mask. I don't wear it anywhere I go unless I have to to go in there. There are still some businesses that do require it. I respect that and I'll wear the mask. Not a problem. Not going to put up a fight or argue in any way. I, I continue to carry my mask with me at all times. But if I don't need it, I'm not wearing it. Uh, I, I, as you'll hear, I actually mentioned this in the little, uh, in the recording of my comedy that I'm going to play for you here in a little bit. Uh, I, uh, I, I met, I, I think it's actually the civic duty of the fully vaccinated to get out there and not wear your mask and get back into, uh, somewhat of a normal life and to show everybody that is possible. And if we're doing that, the fully vaccinated, not wearing masks. If we're doing that and our COVID numbers continue to go down, boy, I mean, the sky's the limit. I'm already seeing tickets for music, uh, live music shows coming out, uh, being released in the very near future. Uh, the, the, the latter half of 2021 looking like things are getting close to back to normal. Uh, and man, this, if this weekend was any kind of, uh, uh, sign of things to come with all of the fun stuff I was doing with people uh, out and about doing the things we did before this pandemic. I'm very excited about where things are headed. I just hope our numbers continue to go the way we want them to, uh, that uh, fewer and fewer people are getting sick and dying from this thing and, uh, and that we can get back to normal life. It seems like that might actually be a thing. So I'm pretty stoked about that. All right, I'm going to get into some things. Uh, thing number one. Thing number one. As you know, I, I usually ask people uh, when I'm interviewing them for their thing number one, I tell them, uh, what is inspiring you? And thing that's just sort of a, a way to get the conversation started. Thing number one is just th something that's on my mind uh, probably didn't hit me until today. And today was the grass mowing day. And I thoroughly enjoy mowing grass. Like, it's always been something I liked doing. Uh, I, I don't, I, I've, I can certainly do it on a riding mower. I've done a riding mower. I've done a zero turn. Uh, those are fun. I've done a, tra a bush hog on a tractor. That's fun too. But 
what I love, what the groove that I get into is just pushing a simple little push mower, you know, a little $300 jobby from Lowe's, uh, self-propelled, but you know, you still got to push it and walk it and it's still, it's exercise. It's, it's fun. You have a sense of accomplishment when you're done. Uh, I like looking at a freshly mowed yard and, uh, and feeling that now I, I want to be careful here because I'm not the guy who is going to do anything else to the yard. I'm, I might weed eat, like I might get the weed eater out and go hit the edges and fence lines and things like that. But I'm not planting anything. I'm not throwing out grass seed. I'm, I, I couldn't care less if I'm mowing weeds or grass. Like uh, the fact that I'm just out there with a motor and a blade and we're cutting things and making them shorter and more pretty uh, is great. I'm getting exercise. Uh, I listen to music while I'm doing it. Uh, I have noise canceling headphones, so I don't actually have to listen to the lawnmower. It's just, it's just a good workout that accomplishes something. It's kind of like my favorite working out scenario is a workout that accomplishes something. Uh, and many of, you know, I ran for a long time. Uh, I ran a marathon, I used to run, and you could argue that uh, exercise in the form of running doesn't really accomplish anything other than the healthful benefits of running. My preference these days, and my body's preference, since there's a lot more of my body today than there was when I was running a marathon, uh, but my the preference of my brain and my body is to do a workout that is in some way accomplishing something. So playing a sport counts for that, uh, getting something done. Uh, if I had a physical job, that would certainly count. I don't, I sit at a desk all day, every day. So I don't, uh, I don't get out and about doing much physical stuff. So I try to do all that stuff in the evening and mowing grass is getting something done and getting exercise. And I love doing it. So that's, uh, that's got me motivated. Uh, I, uh, it, you know, without, with the lack of rain we've had over the last couple of weeks, uh, the grass hasn't been growing as much, which is weird for that to already be happening in May. Who knows how this summer will go, but I don't mind. If it's 12 noon on a, on a hot-ass Saturday, uh, I will go out there and mow in the hottest weather possible just because I want to sweat my butt off and get some grass mowed and, once again, listen to the Hamilton soundtrack. So that's what I like to do, mowing grass. I did it today. I'll probably mow some more grass later this week, and uh, I'll listen to some more Hamilton and get some grass cut. Uh, all right, that's thing one. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with thing number two. Wake up, wake up, wake up. There's no time for play. Get up, get up, get up. It's a brand new day. We're back. Thing number two. Thing number two. Is usually something that is inspiring me. Uh, and something, I guess, did I say the wrong thing earlier? Thing number one is something meaningful, something deep. Thing number two is something that's inspiring me. Uh, I've already screwed up my own podcast. That's what I did. Doesn't matter. I'm not even going to edit that out. We're just going to leave it in there because you know. You've been listening to this show since April of 2020. You know how things work. Ha! 
Thing number two, something that's inspiring me, usually some kind of musical thing or a podcast or book or something like that. And uh, I've been been really uh, revisiting or re-listening to some albums by a band that I was introduced to when I started playing music in a band myself. Uh, so I started playing music live with other people and not just on a drum set in my basement Uh back in the uh, mid-2000s with Bobby Sims and Charles Wyant. Charles Wyant's on a previous episode of this show if you want to hear more about him. But uh, I started playing music with them, and we formed a band. It's called Ice House Road, but uh, these were new people in my life. This was a new... These were new people in my life. This was a new thing. Uh, I, uh, I was heavily influenced by the music they listened to, that they recommended, CDs they gave me to listen to so that I could sort of understand where they're coming from, musically speaking. And if I was going to play music with them, this made a lot of sense. So I did, and I started listening, and I fell in love with a couple bands. One of them called Cross Canadian Wag... I still can't say it. Cross Canadian Ragweed. Uh, they are not a band anymore, and that totally bums me out. I Googled them just tonight just to see, are they still a band? Are they still together? No, they're still not together. Uh, they have uh, they broke up actually a longer ago than I even realized, 2010. It's been since 2010 that uh, Cross Canadian Ragweed broke up. Uh, but they are a uh, sort of an alternative rock country band. They got some twang to their voice, uh, but for the most part, they just rock. And uh, I, uh, Bobby Sims is the guy who uh, who introduced me to Cross Canadian Ragweed, and they've got five studio albums, several live albums. Uh, they've got attitude. They've they they are rock and roll. They uh, they're awesome. The all the albums are great. Their original songs are good. There's a lot of cover songs in there. Uh, their live stuff is fantastic. I've seen them play live multiple times, twice in Harrisonburg. Uh, forget where. Oh, the other one was in Richmond. Uh, man, they're just fantastic. Uh, if you if you get a chance, Google them. Uh, Cross Canadian Ragweed. It's four dudes. They're, the name of the band actually comes from the names of the uh, members of the band. So Cody Canada is the lead singer, guitar player. He shreds. Uh, Grady Cross, Randy Ragsdale, he's the drummer. He actually got the band started, and Jeremy Plato. So uh, they are freaking awesome. They uh, they were active from 1994 to 2010, so about 15, 16 years, and uh, they uh, they put out some good music. I highly recommend Cross Canadian Ragweed. I can sing along with their songs. Like if I just am jamming, or if I'm in the vehicle, in my car driving. And uh, I'm also I'm often listening to podcasts or the news or a book or something. But when I just need to sing along to some songs, this is one of my go to bands uh, that I know I'm going to know every word and uh, really enjoy just singing at the top of my lungs. Just me and my dog in my car, along with some cross Canadian ragweed. So. So there you go. That's thing number two. Thing number three. Thing number three, I'm actually pretty excited about three. thing number three. Uh, it's all I could think about. It's one of the reasons I didn't call anybody today uh, to, uh, to, you know, to do an interview or anything like that with them. I, uh, I've, that's all I could think about was getting to thing number three. Because, as I mentioned earlier, I got to perform comedy this weekend at Keswick Vineyards. I hosted a show. 
And this show is, uh, it, it's done, we do it about once a month. It takes place outside in a big wedding tent. Uh, everything's always been socially distanced. We're pretty excited pretty soon. The next show on June 11th, we won't have to be socially distanced. We might pack a few more people into this outdoor wedding tent uh, that doesn't have weddings in it every day because of the pandemic. They're starting to. They're going to have a bunch of weddings soon, so we won't really get to do any more dates here anytime soon. But we're doing them now. And, you know, when we first did our first show at the Keswick Vineyards uh, wedding tent uh, they email out to their wine club members to uh, sell the tickets. People, they sell out every single time. And uh, we weren't sure. The owners of the vineyards weren't sure that first night how dirty we should be. Right? We kind of agreed on like a, if it were a movie, like a light R rating. Right, we we didn't need to worry too much. It didn't. It, there was going to be no kids. It was a twenty-one and up type of show. But you know, the people might not be interested in. Uh, the the filthiest comedy ever. So we took that to heart. We had the first show, and uh, Chris Allen, uh, one of my friends, comedian, uh, headlining the show, uh, he uh, he broke that fourth wall and talked to the audience about how we're uh, he he was wasn't going to tell some jokes because they asked him to be kind of clean, and the audience was like, hell no, tell your jokes. And basically, ever since then we've had carte blanche to kind of say whatever we want. And the, so there's, a, this is a no content restrictions type of show. The comedians are, we're not, we don't tell them what does they can and can't say. They can cuss as much as they want. They can talk about sex, drugs, rock and roll and everything else. Uh, and uh, that's, that's kind of been the deal. Now, every show I start off my, see, I'm the host. So I go out first and I usually try to break the ice, tell about 10 minutes of jokes and then bring out the real comedians. And I, one of the things I usually do is I, is I talk about this. Uh, I say people, hey, I say to the audience something along the lines of, you know, I, I, I tell them we, we sometimes try to be clean. But for the most part, you know, people want us to say whatever the hell is on our minds. And every single time the audience is like, don't worry about being clean. You can say anything you want here. Uh, and they're very clear with us that they want the dirty stuff, the fun stuff, our best material. And so we do. It's a, it continues to be a no content restrictions show. And uh, we've had a couple people say, oh, that one was a little like crazy dirty. I uh, wasn't into that. But for, that's like the worst feedback we've received uh, after doing like seven or eight of these shows this week, we got some more serious feedback. Um, I, I went up, I did my first 10 minutes. I didn't really prime the audience for the fact that we were going to be saying dirty words and talking about things that might be offensive to some people. Right. Uh, we didn't, I didn't do that thing where I tell them, uh, or, or sort of gauge how interested they are in, comedy of all sorts and so I just assume this crowd is going to be just like every other crowd we've had at Keswick and they want the dirty stuff along with whatever's funny that's really the mark is it funny uh, that's really kind of all that matters to most comedians uh, there's obviously lines that are drawn that you don't cross but we haven't found them yet uh, until this show uh, and I got an email from the uh, the owners of the Keswick Vineyards with with the uh, the customers' feedback, so a so a, a couple, a couple couples, uh, two people, two couples were sitting at a table together. They left very early in the show. Uh, they are wine club members. 
They are regulars at Keswick. They really love the place. And uh, I don't know if it's the first of these comedy shows that they chose to go to or not. I assume it is based on their feedback. Uh, but uh, this is what they had to say. And I'll tell you, this their comment is directly re uh, referring to several of my jokes uh, early on in the show, which I'm going to play for you here in a few minutes. I'm going to take the set that offended these people and play it for you. They're probably also referring to the, the first comedian that I brought up on stage. So the, the opener, kind of. I'm the host. This was the opener. Uh, he got a little bit more dirty than I did uh, talking about sex and stuff. So that uh, keep all of that in mind. I'll read you the feedback, uh, and, uh, and then we'll get into it. The feedback was this. This is an excerpt from an email from those customers to Keswick Vineyards. Uh, this was the part that was relevant to me since it's my show. The so-called comedy was crass and pornographic, not funny and insulting to blue-collar workers at 7-Eleven stores and Trump voters, parentheses, 75 million people. Very disappointed and sad that Keswick Vineyards would sponsor such crass performances. For sure, my favorite part of that email is that a self-proclaimed Trump voter would find something pornographic and crass to be offensive, especially given some of the things Trump has said over the years. You know, if, if a horrible person calls you a horrible person, that's kind of like a compliment, right? I'm taking this feedback to be right on the money. It kind of makes me smile uh, to know that this was the effect, that uh, these four, four of the 75 million Trump voters didn't find my jokes funny and got up and left. Uh, and that's fantastic. Uh, they would not have enjoyed the rest of the night either. Uh, I mean, we don't do Trump humor the whole time. I barely did any in my little set. You're about to hear it. Uh, and uh, and my jokes about 7-Eleven and 7-Eleven employees, yes, I did get a little critical of 7-Eleven uh, employees, but at the same time, I love 7-Eleven, uh, as you will hear in this little uh, joke that I do. So um, the coolest part of this whole thing is that, you know, I'm the guy booking the comics. I'm the guy telling some of these jokes, the, the ones that offended these people anyway, uh, and uh Keswick is, however, the venue, and they're the ones that, uh, you know, if they lose customers, they're the ones taking the financial hit, not me. Uh, they've already paid me at this point. So whether or not uh, they will continue to pay me doing uh, for doing a comedy show, uh, I'm never sure uh, until I talk to them because the folks there, Cindy especially, at Keswick Vineyards has been nothing but excellent to work for as the venue owner uh, she seems to understand what comedy is, what comedy is about, uh, that uh, not all comedian is everybody's cup of tea, and, uh, and which is fine. Uh, nobody's nobody, no comedian is everybody's cup of tea. Uh, how you respond to that, though, uh, says a lot about you. And uh, I, I'm not going to read you Cindy's entire email. I'm just going to say uh, that she said, I'll, I'll read an excerpt here. Uh, sure is tough for a comedian to say anything nowadays with everyone being so sensitive to everything. 
Give me a break. Uh, and so I just wanted to I just wanted to put that out there that that's the uh, that's the first time I've gotten that kind of feedback on my comedy uh, or my show, and uh, I feel. I feel like it's a feather in my cap. I feel like I'm proud to have this in my uh, repertoire, this feedback. I feel like it might lead to another joke uh, at some point, and I'm looking forward to seeing how I can uh, flesh this out into a bit. Uh, but uh, this is the first time I'm talking about it uh, in any way, shape, or form publicly, so uh, it won't be the last. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. The show, we're going to close this episode of Three Things with JR with the actual recording that offended those people so much. I record all my shows, or at least when I remember to, I record. Uh, I'm, f I'm, I'm fancy. I have an Apple Watch, and right on the main screen of my Apple Watch is the icon for voice recorder on the on the iPhone, on the Apple stuff. So I hit the little button. I hit start recording. That's what this recording is from, my watch. Uh, and it transferred to my phone, which transferred to my computer, which I then had to record into this editing software. And so this recording as good as it sounds, is like four generations old of a digital recording, uh, and I think it's pretty great. It's pretty great if you're a comedian to record your set so you can learn from them. I definitely learned a few things from listening to this set that I'm about to play for you, and I'm not playing it because it's the most killer set I ever had. You're going to hear moments where there isn't much laughing going on. Not every one of these jokes hit, and that's okay, uh, but plenty of them did. I felt this was a success. Uh, and uh, I felt it that night. I felt I was vibing with the crowd. I was seeing people's faces. I was getting laughs. It was awesome. I didn't notice these four Trump voters get up and leave. I kind of wish I had. I would have maybe called out to them uh, if I could tell that they were leaving upset. But anyway, uh, that is another episode of Three Things with JR. Uh, it's not over. You should stick around because right now I'm going to play you an excerpt or I'm going to I'm going to play you the whole thing, all 12 minutes of, uh, of my comic comedy set at the beginning of the show at Keswick Vineyard. So without further ado, here it is. See you next week. What's up, everybody? How we doing here tonight, Keswick? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. What a great looking crowd. I'll be your host for the evening. I'm JR. Uh, let's get some things out of the way first. Raise your hand if you've had one vaccine shot. Got a couple hands up. Do you guys have any side effects from your one shot? Yeah? How bad was it? Not, second one was worse. The only side effect I had from the first shot was that I started acting like I had had two shots right away. Uh, and then I got my second shot, and I was like, oh, sweet. Uh, I don't need to wait 14 days, right? I'm fully vaccinated now. So uh, how many have had both shots? Yeah, right on. How many have 14 weeks or 14 days since your second shot? It's a lot of you fully vaccinated. How many of you are pretending to be fully vaccinated so that you can not wear that mask anymore? All right, uh, security, we know who they are now. Uh, come on in. Um, no, it's pretty great. Uh, I, I, I like going to stores now and not wear... I think we actually... It's our civic duty, right? To not wear the mask. Yes. Am I... Are we right? I mean, we've been listening to the CDC the whole time. Why stop now? And if we are not wearing our mask, those that would like to stop wearing their mask just might get vaccinated. So that's cool. 
Good job, everybody. Uh, early on in the pandemic, I noticed that my local 7-Eleven up there, sort of north of town near my work, they were, uh, they were hurting for time, or, uh, employees or whatever, so they, they had to reduce their hours, and they had a sign on the door that said, 7-Eleven has reduced hours now. We are now open 6 to 10. What? This is a real missed opportunity you guys had right here. I went in and I said to the nice lady behind the counter, I said, it's kind of funny, you guys are reducing your hours and you didn't reduce them to 7 to 11. She's like, oh my god, I never thought of that. And I'm like, that's right, you worked at 7-Eleven. <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, where are we on the Sheets versus Wawa thing? Sheets, people? Sheets, yeah. Oh, we got Sheets. Uh, who, who's into Wawa? Who's now into Wawa because there's a Wawa close to your house? And it only, that's the only thing that really matters is proximity. Well, I'm going to tell you you're all wrong. 7-Eleven is better than both of them. Because 7-Eleven doesn't give a fuck at all. Can you imagine the hiring process and how it's different at 7-Eleven versus Sheets and Wawa? It seems like the employees at both of those places are happy to be there. They're energetic. They're doing a good job. They're smiling, right? There's motivation there. I think on the hiring of 7-Eleven uh, employees, I think the main qualification is, do you have a rash that is visible? Are you generally kind of sad? And even through all of that, can you sell the hell out of some taquitos? Good, you're hired. Can you walk down some extremely narrow aisleways uh, and refill the candy while there's like 12 people in line? Good, that's what we need here at 7-Eleven. I can say all those jokes. Uh, my parents met at a 7-Eleven. I wouldn't be here without 7-Eleven, so... Give it up for 7-Eleven. Uh, let's see. I had uh, anybody do that whole breakfast for dinner thing? I love eating breakfast for dinner. You guys ever do that? Grape nuts and cranberries, right? Or, no, probably not. Bacon, eggs, all that good stuff. Uh, I had Scrapple for breakfast. Any Scrapple fans out there? Wow, there, there, there was some looks of utter disgust over here. Loud cheers over here. I don't know if these, uh, maybe, you, maybe you all do already, but do you know what's, what Scrapple actually is? I mean, it's, there's a hint at it in the name, right? But let me just break it down for you in case you weren't aware. Uh, when, they, when they get the pig to the butcher shop, they start cutting it up into you know, pork chops and ribs and pork butts and shoulders and all that stuff. And they get, they get the good cuts of meat out of the way and they have a lot of scraps left over. That's not Scrapple. That's the stuff they used to make sausage and ground pork and hot dogs and all that stuff. And then there's still stuff left over. Also not Scrapple. Because they still have to make Vienna sausages, they have to make Spam, potted meat. And then, at the end of the night, when they thought it was time to go home, they turn the lights off and they realize, oh shit, we forgot to sweep the floors. So they sweep it all up into a pile, make it into a brick, there's a little bit of pork mixed in with whatever else was on the floor. That's Scrapple. And I'll take that over a uh, pork chop any day of the week. It's fantastic. Hey, uh, how many Girl Scout cookies is the appropriate number to eat in one sitting? Actually, I should, I should change that. How many boxes of Girl Scout cookies is appropriate to eat in one sitting? Four. That's a good number right there. 
Thin Mints, the entire box of Thin Mints, hell yeah, you crush some Thin Mints, right? They just go down so easy. They're like Krispy Kreme donuts, right? The whole entire box is, should be one serving. If you can eat less than one box of Girl Scout cookies and be satisfied, I don't really want to know you at all. <laughs> On a related note, does this shirt make me look fat at all? No? So it's all the Scrapple and Girl Scout cookies that's making me look fat? That's what I thought. Um, I saw a story in the news, uh, I'd say last year, and can we all just agree that last year is just 2019, right? Yeah, so last year there was a church shooting, and the security guard in the church did his job impressively, right? He, he, uh, the shooter comes in with a big gun, the, uh, the church security guard whips out his gun and takes the guy out before he's able to murder a whole ton of people. We lost one or two people. Could have been significantly worse, right? And they were interviewing him on the news afterwards, and they asked him what it was like to kill a man. He's like, you know, I don't actually think about it as if I killed a man. I think about how I killed him. I thought that's pretty impressive, right? Also, further evidence that Christians really are in this denying science, because uh, he definitely killed a man, for sure, right there in the church. I just imagine him going on in the interview going, yep, I didn't, uh, I didn't kill a man, I killed an evil, I didn't use my gun, I used this immaculate contraption I keep here in my holster. <laughs> uh, I went to Iceland not too long ago when Trump was still president, and uh, I don't know about if you know this about Iceland, but they're not really all that into President Trump over there. Uh, and, uh, you know, neither am I. So I was in good company, but they weren't sure because they look at me and I look like maybe I voted for Trump, right? You weren't sure until just now. <laughs> but I didn't, and he wasn't sure. I was talking to Ollie. Well, I think he said Oli. I think that's how you say it. And I was having a great time drinking beer in bars in downtown Reykjavik, hanging out with dudes. Uh, Icelandic dudes, they could barely speak the language. He's like, oh, so what is going on in your country right now? It's kind of crazy. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I don't know why he sounds Russian, but it's the only, it's the only, it's, I don't know. It's, I don't do accents, really. Uh, so I, uh, I let him off the hook. I said, no, 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 fuck Trump, man. I'm not into that. He's like, oh, good, Bernie Sanders, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I voted for him. He's like, oh, for you guys in America, Bernie Sanders, uh, he's pretty far out on the left, wouldn't you say? I'm like, yeah, you could say that. Yeah, he's pretty far on the left. He's like, yeah, for us, he would be a little bit right. <laughs> you guys ever going to kill even one bird with one stone? No? Nobody's out there murdering birds with stones? Uh, that's a phrase my dad uses all the time. He's like uh, killing two birds with one stone, solving two problems with one badass solution. He's good at that. He's a Vietnam vet. He uh, came back from the war a little bit, you know, messed up and wanted to help others that are coming back from war, help them find meaningful employment, things like that. He wants to solve other problems at the same time, so he looks for those situations where he can solve two problems with one badass solution. I don't know why birds are murdered involved here, but uh, what he, what, one of the problems he wants to solve is, you know how people at Walmart and grocery stores and stuff, they'll come out with their cart full of groceries, unload them into their car, and then they'll leave the cart right there. <laughs> You know those people, right? There wasn't enough agreement on that. Are some of you leaving carts in the parking lot? Everybody should be like, yeah, fuck those people. My dad hates that, uh, really hates, drives him crazy. And so he, saw, he, he solved that as a problem he could solve. 
And the way he's solving that and the vet at the same time, snipers. It's right there on the roof of the Walmart. They don't have to wait for long. They could. They could wait for three days up there, pissing and shitting themselves, just waiting for somebody to leave a cart. And as soon as they do, they're not going to kill them. There's no reason to do that. They're just going to take a pinky off. That's all they're going to do. And you won't leave a cart out there ever again. Uh, he's like, and he likes to solve problems that way. He's got other problems he likes to solve, uh, like people that text while driving. Right? I see some heads nodding. Not enough of them. I guess we have some driving texters here. Um, but uh, next time you're going over an underpass, be careful, because Dad's got snipers on the underpass, overpass. Um, people that uh, don't tip well, Dad wants to solve that problem as well. That's snipers again. Uh, he's kind of, there was a lot of drugs in Vietnam, so he's kind of a one-track mind, uh, same solution to all those problems. Uh, all right, one last thing for me, and then I'm going to bring up the real comics. I want to cover a couple things here before I do my last little joke uh, as we get our last folks in here, our stragglers. Thanks for coming out tonight, everybody. If you, uh... That's right. They, oh, they're ready to party over there. For sure. Uh, if you didn't know already, the bathrooms, you go out that way, go up the brick walkway in the, the little mansion. Not the humongous mansion, but the little mansion on the left. That's where the bathrooms are. There is more wine and snacks to purchase over here now that the food truck is closed. So, uh, I, guess I, I saw a Bud Light commercial the other day that said, Bud Light, brewed to be enjoyed responsibly. When you think of the Bud Light drinkers in your life, do you think of the most responsible people you know? Me neither. I think of two dudes coming out of Walmart dressed in like overalls with no shirts underneath. They got two carts full of Bud Light. They unload them into their farm use only rusted out pickup truck. They leave the carts right there in the middle of the parking lot. They're both missing pinky fingers. They drive back to the farm. They strap Cletus to a bungee cord, a four-wheeler, and a tree, and they shoot him over the pond. And when he gets up on the other side, he does not yell, woohoo, give me another Stella Artois. Nope, he's looking for a Bud Light just to get him to the ambulance, to get him to the hospital, to get that take. You know what I'm talking about, broken arm, right? Huh? Yes, I'd be prepared for the comics to notice that, just so you know. I've been JR. I'll be out here. I'll bring up the rest of your comics for you. We're going to have a, uh, an amazing night. Thank you so much for being here. You guys ready to put your hands together for your first comedian? Keep it going. Keep it going. Please welcome to the stage, Sam Cobb, everybody.